You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 199. Today, we're going to be talking about how to improve your email marketing game to make more moolah. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super stoked to bring you the incredible Danny Page. She is all about having your emails make you more money, which is great, right? (laughs) It always feels good, at least on my end. But I really am excited for her to dive into this expertise because when we think of emails, we think of, you know, we've got to nurture people and love on people. And yes, that's true. And what if you are nurturing and loving on those people? And then when you go for the sale, it gets hashtag super awkward. So I'm so, so, so excited to have Miss Danny on the podcast. So Danny, how are you doing today? Hey, Jordan. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about you and your business. Cool. Yeah. So as you said, my name is Danny Page. I'm a launch copywriter for ladies looking to launch courses, group programs, digital products, and high-end offers. My style is like a very against old school, like marketing salesy tactics. Instead, I'm all about just conversational and entertaining copy that truly just connects with your readers. Totally. I love that conversational and entertaining. And that seems like such a nice, refreshing difference to what is currently probably in my newsletter inbox that I have. Right. My gosh. And why so many are unread. But, you know, today we're going to talk about specifically those launch emails. And again, you mentioned kind of group programs and courses or whatever it is you're selling. And so before we get into your framework around it, I do want to touch on really what your clients' businesses look like before you implement your framework? Like what are their emails conveying or not? What are the results that they aren't getting? Yeah. So I think it's not so much that they're not really getting too many results. I think like one thing for me, I always make sure that entrepreneurs that come to me have already been in business for a couple of years. I actually don't believe that entrepreneurs should even hire a copywriter prior to that. I know that might sound crazy coming from a copywriter. I can totally explain that to you if you'd like. But anyways, when they come to me, they've typically had a few like fairly successful launches, mostly heavily on the fact that they have a really great offer, but they know that if they dial into their copywriting and their messaging and their emails like a little bit more and actually have that strategy behind it, they know that they could have their biggest launch yet. I love that differentiation because I think a lot of people think that they have to start at terrible to hire somebody to do something for them. But I like that you were like, you know, they're getting results. Like they're chugging along. They just want more. They want better. They want that to see that growth. And so that is definitely what hopefully all of us listeners want is growth when it comes to, again, if you're building your email list and you eventually want people to buy from you, Probs should be listening to this episode. So tune in, turn up, and let's go ahead and have you start to walk us through each step of how we can all start to really up our email marketing game and make more money. 
For sure. Okay. So I have a framework called the hockey framework and, you know, it's a proven structure to help entrepreneurs write high converting emails. And the framework name itself was inspired by my background of playing professional hockey, Uh, but you totally don't need to know anything about hockey to benefit (laughs) from this. I promise. So dope. (laughs) I definitely have like this competitive side from my prior sports career. And I just lean into that with this framework because it really just helps other entrepreneurs like up level their business game. And I mean, when you can write stronger emails, you can connect with your audience better. And ultimately it'll help you like with your impact in every other aspect of your business. Right. So I'll jump into the hockey framework here. We'll start with H and that stands for hero. So Mm. you want to make your reader the hero in every email you write. So you want to write in a way that makes them the focal of your email, not yourself. And I know this, you know, it might sound straightforward, but it's really easy to put yourself in the spotlight by mistake. So like example, if I were writing about this podcast episode, I wouldn't want to say like, I'm sharing my hockey framework it would be better received if I were to write, you'll learn the hockey framework. You know, that small adjustment just makes it more about the reader and less about me, the writer. That so makes sense. I've heard that you should change and have more use yours, yours, than eyes. Yeah, it's a good practice just to kind of go through it. And you know, like sometimes it won't make sense if you're actually talking about a story about yourself, but you'd be surprised how many times you can actually change those eyes to use and just make it more about them. Love it. All right, let's go on to O. We're on to O, observe. So this means like observe your audience so you know exactly who you're speaking to. Like when you know what they're thinking, what they're saying, where they're struggling, you can be that much more specific in your copy and it will resonate with them more. So I'll give you an example of this one too, Yeah. of how this can make your copy better. So let's say instead of writing something like, I'm just making this up, like say I'm a business coach and I'll help you start an online business. Okay. That is just, you know, pretty generic. When you know exactly who you're speaking to, you can write like, I can help you start your online business so you can leave your nine to five job and show your kids what it's like to follow their dreams. So you can tell how much more specific that would be and it would just resonate more with them if I know, you know, I know that I'm speaking to someone who has kids and that sort of thing. So, so are you with observe? Is it that you're looking for like, what exactly are you like, can you give some questions or things to just take note of when you're working with clients or in your group coaching program and you're going to launch it again, what are some things that you can really highlight or pay attention to when you're reviewing Facebook group, you know, wins or stuff like that to then pull into, you know, eventually your sales copy and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. So it's really all about research and you kind of nailed it. Like just always be listening to, you know, your students for one. And then even after the program, like getting on -on one-on-one calls with them would be fantastic. And maybe even getting on calls if possible with people that didn't purchase from you is a great place to do some research too. And then there's things like questionnaires, sending out to your list, dropping in Facebook groups, and even like Instagram, Instagram polls. This is a great way to do research too. Mm. Even those like 
engagement posts like think of like the random little like pizza versus salad one and this like obviously isn't related to business but it can still really give you like great insights on what your audience is interested in you know even stuff like that can help you write more specific copy too nice yeah that totally makes sense cool all right All right, we're on to C and that is for connection. So this kind of builds of observe and that is that, you know, connection sells. Copy that connects is copy that converts. So ultimately people want to work with those that they connect with and trust. So to connect with your audience, this can be as simple as just, you know, sharing who you are, getting vulnerable and visible and then also discussing things other than business too, which I kind of mentioned, like things like pop culture or, you know, you, Jordan, for example, were great when you were sharing all those Instagram posts about puzzles, right? Like that you were working on. What a great connection point to other people that have that in common. Okay. So we always just want to connect in our emails, be relatable and build up that rapport. And that, that will also really help you improve your emails. Love that. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's my community is definitely very connection oriented because I'm very connection oriented. And so that's the fun part (laughs) I find. All right. We're on to K and that stands for knowledgeable. So this means is showing that you're the expert, you know, sharing your knowledge, giving proof of why people should trust you. And so how to do this is mainly a lot of testimonials and success stories. These are all great. And then also, even if you don't have a ton of success stories right now, sharing your origin story too is huge. Just, you know, talking about your transformation, this will also really set you up as the expert as well in your copy. Yeah. So, so true. Cool. We're on to E and that is empathy. So this is all about making your reader seen, heard, and understood. So it's proven that the more you can empathize with your reader, the more they can trust you. And, you know, trust is huge in writing copy. So the more research you do, kind of like I mentioned before, the better you can empathize with your reader because you'll better understand things like their pain, their hopes, and their dreams, right? So if I were to empathize with you, Jordan, I could write you know, like Jordan, I can imagine how busy you are, you know, juggling between running a successful business. I know you've got a lot of exciting projects on the horizon and now your podcast is back on the go. Like I totally feel how busy you must be. And, you know, if I were to write that, you can just see how empathizing could make your copy stronger instead of just writing like, you know, I get that you're busy, Jordan. You know, there's obviously no empathy in that statement. Right. That makes sense. And I think It's funny because I've really had to massage that part of my, not even personality, but my being. I'm a very direct, like, I don't even want to say not a feelings person because I'm definitely not a robot. I think I'm warm and nurturing in my own way. And I think that, that it's always been something that I was getting feedback on when I was working in other people's businesses or other corporations or nonprofits technically. And so this one, if you're, you know, I actually attract a lot of feelers or people that are high empathy. And so, you know, I think that's something that, you know, if you're somebody who is not a feeler, I do also want to just reiterate that it's a work in progress. And like the more you do it, the better you become at it. And again, I like that you talked about just really when you are connecting with your target audience or your past clients and doing the observe portion, like that's really where you can start to feel the empathy come in, right? Like I can 
a hundred percent empathize with all moms out there because I am a bonus mom of a six-year-old and it's a lot. (laughs) I just, you know, it's never been like this before. And so, you know, to have a kiddo, you know, over the weekends or even in the summertime, it feels different because you can go outside and roam around. But I can empathize with a lot of moms of even two, three, four children. I just am like, you are superwoman. Like, I don't even, (laughs) like, you're doing amazing. So I think it is really good that you have that as part of the sales emails because we don't, I feel like most people don't equate those two things. I don't know if you feel that same way. I totally agree. Actually, I feel like that thought is more in like the nurture emails, but there should be a healthy mix in all of this, right? Like, yeah, sure. We want to switch to the sales aspect, but we can't just forget about all of this other like nurturing and stuff that goes, they kind of go hand in hand, right? Exactly. I love that. And then what is why? Okay. We're on to why our final one. And that stands for the word. Yes. So this refers to wanting to get your reader to start thinking yes, while reading your emails. So when writing, you can throw in questions or make a statement so that the reader actually starts nodding their head and actually thinking, yes, like, you know, agreeing with you. Yes, that's me. Or yes, I can relate that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's great for a couple of reasons. So one, getting them to say yes can also help things sound a bit more conversational too. It's not just like you talking the whole email. They kind of feel like they're part of the conversation when they say yes. And then secondly, the more they say yes, they're actually making these micro commitments as they read. And the more likely they'll continue to say yes when you you know ask them to click on something or ask for an offer at the end of the email, they're much more likely. Got it. Yeah. So that is the hockey framework. You know, you can try to think about these things each time you write an email and it will just help you write stronger, more engaging, and ultimately higher converting emails. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one-day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late-night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again. You kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash podbootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, I mean, I can see with the mix of different elements in those emails. And I think that it is important also, like when it comes to sharing stories in your sales emails, like maybe case studies, but also maybe, you know, the stories of your target audience, I guess not detailed, but how in it do you need to be able to explain and whatnot without getting too lost in the weeds and details of the story and like 
basically your reader is, feels more like they're on a story than, okay, like this is leading up to you purchasing something. Does that make sense? Right. So like how much of a story do you share? Is that kind of what you're asking or just how much of the email? Yeah, essentially like, you know, when is it, okay, you're getting way too in the details with the story and it's not going to then connect with people. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I always like to think of the big picture first of why I'm writing this email. Like I'm not just writing a story to write a story. So always think about the bigger picture of how does this translate over to what I actually want to say or what I, you know, want them to do. So I think when you come at it with that, you know, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule about how long a story should be. You know, I have gone into the weeds a little bit on a story, but I needed to, to kind of, you know, make my point. And then other times it was just, one or two lines of like a tidbit of the story and then that way it made more sense to go into my lesson so I do think it kind of depends which I kind of hate giving out that answer but it's something that you can test too right maybe your audience enjoys the longer story or maybe they kind of want it more quick and to the point right so I think it's something that you can try both ways nice yeah I think that is something that I I see a lot when people do it really well I always notice it because they take kind of take you on a journey but it is a very intentional journey versus having to have a weird transition of okay we're moving on from story time into like and this is why it's important for you to know that story and why right it relates to what it is that I'm asking you to purchase yeah and when you think about it too like now that you are thinking about these stories all the time I love reading them because at the beginning when it draws me in and I'm like okay how are you switching this over to like the transition like where are you going and then it's like boom like wow that's brilliant so it's fun like just reading these other stories and seeing how other people are doing them too Yeah, absolutely. And I know that people with emails, I like to be pretty short and direct with my emails. How important is it to take into consideration maybe your personality in the sense of just how you talk naturally? Like if you aren't a super lengthy, long talker, should you avoid writing long emails or is it, you know, does it even matter? Is there a correlation sort of thing? Definitely. I mean, I think you need to do what is your personality, right? I mean, we typically attract people that are like us too. And I don't think you should be trying. I mean, you're going to hate writing a long email if it's not in you to write a long-winded email. So I would definitely stay on par with your personality. If you're more a short and sweet kind of person, then, you know, make those emails a little bit shorter. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nice. As far as the, you know, what would you say is a typical amount of emails for, I'm going to be super specific, like a five day evergreen webinar launch or not launch sequence, but sales sequence. So after somebody watches a webinar and you have, you know, is it five emails if it's five days or like, do you have a hard and fast formula for the amount of emails that it should be per day? What's uh, typical for the launches and stuff that you tend to see? Yeah. So for an evergreen sequence, I do the typically write two right off the get-go. They'll only get one if they went to like actually watch the webinar or didn't, they would get a separate email. Yep. And then each day, definitely email them. You can double up, maybe one in the morning, one later, and but definitely daily. And then on that final day, I think it's great to at least two. I've done more. I've done three. I think that's perfectly fine. You know, and people think like, oh, I don't want to send too many emails. 
the thing is like, if you're not sending them an email, they're not going to go out of their way to go purchase your offer, you know? So you do need to send that email. So definitely daily. And then you can kind of double up or maybe even three on that final day. Mm, yep. Oh yeah. The, uh, the shotguns at the end. I, I see those for every single launch. <laughs> oh, I do them as well. So, and they work. That's the thing. Like sometimes they're like, Oh, here we go. There's, you know, more emails on the final day. But the thing is like, they work, people read them and you know, why wouldn't you do it? If you know, it's working as a thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, I think a lot of people have this fear of like, Oh, I don't want to seem too salesy or spammy or all of those sorts of things. And it's also, I see it as helping inform them of the buying decision because I'm a hundred percent the person asking 1700 questions. I'm the person who reads your entire sales, you know, page copy. I am that person. And so people who are like, I just want a short sales page because who cares? Like, then I'm going to be pinging you in your inbox and you're going to be even more annoyed. So write the dang sales page so that I can read it and be super informed with my uh, buying decision. And I think that it really is the same with emails. Like, you know, if I'm truly considering an investment of some sort, then I'm going to read those emails and I'm going to look at what you have to offer and why I should buy now and all of those sorts of, of objections. And those should be you know, handled in email. And so, you know, for, for people who really struggle with the mindset shift of, you know, I don't want to email my people too much, whatever too much is right. That's subjective. But how do you help people get over that hump of sending enough or just the right amount of emails for their particular launch, even when they may feel like, you know, they're email spamming people? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you kind of nailed it with saying you're the type of person that is going to read it all. If there's a type of person that isn't going to read it all, they're just going to scroll right to the bottom and see what you're saying anyways. So I think it's just understanding that there are different buyer personas, but if you can kind of give all the options to the person who wants to read it all, you know, then you've kind of got all your bases covered. Cause like I said, if they just want right to the point, they'll scroll to, to the bottom and see what you're saying anyways. It doesn't necessarily need to be that one online email, like they're going to find what they need out of that email anyways. Hmm. Yep. That's so true. And you know, a good systems podcast. I love to talk about tools. I don't know if you have, you know, a headline generator tool or any sort of tool tools. It could be templates, could be software that you would suggest for people to, again, continue to write really great money-making emails. Yeah. So I don't really have like a headline generator. I like to just write out a bunch of possible headlines. Typically the good ones come like after headline 30 or 40. I know that sounds crazy, but honestly, it's just in about writing and writing and they'll, they'll get better the more that you write. Obviously you want to think about curiosity, the how to's, that sort of thing is great. But as for actual tools that I use, So I'm all about research. I really think research is the best way to write better copy. And so I discussed kind of like interviews and polls and that sort of thing. Another great way though, for a bit of a research hack is actually Amazon reviews. I love going there to reading these reviews. And yeah, it's a little bit different because, you know, Amazon is obviously a product and we're here selling, you know, we're mostly service-based entrepreneurs. But if you can actually go to Amazon 
And typically there's like a book or, you know, some sort of information item for most of our niches, I would say. So say, for example, if you're like a WordPress website designer, you could actually go to Amazon and find like a book on WordPress design and just go look at the reviews and see what people are saying. I like to look at like the actual, the lowest reviews, like the zero or the ones and look at not necessarily about the book because we don't really care about the book, but we want to know what people are saying about the content. So maybe they're talking about, you know, this book didn't even mention this sort of hookup, or I wish they would have talked about this. Like, this is what I actually really want to know about WordPress website design. You can actually kind of like mine these reviews and pull out some really juicy information of what people are looking for in regards to, you know, your niche or your industry. And it's another great way to do some research and just see what people are talking about in regards to your offer, your product. Nice. Yeah, that's super awesome. And I think I've never, I've always heard about doing like Amazon reviews or stuff like that, but I've never, I've never really done it. So it's a good reminder that is available to me. I'm always such like a market research calls person. Like I did, I think I did over, I looked at my acuity. I think I did over 60 market research calls last year. Oh, wow. Nice. That's awesome. Because I am a nine fact, a nine fact finder in the Colby, uh, for those of you who are familiar. So I love research as well. So I love talking to my people. And so what um, freebie or a juicy takeaway do you have for our listeners? Uh, share the link. Um, and we'll also put that in the show notes and description. Great. So yeah, I do have a fun freebie. It's called the Expert Insights Guide. And so when I was writing a bunch of launch campaigns and also like studying a bunch of these campaigns, I was finding that there was maybe like a lot of overlap and sometimes the same sort of emails going out. But if, you know, and this really is what inspired me to do this freebie because I wanted to start uncovering like some very unique launch ideas and some more out of the box stuff. Mm. So I compiled answers from some uh, very successful ladies online, such as yourself for one and other women like Jasmine Starr, Melissa Griffin, Jill Stanton, you know, among others. And we kind of compiled a wonderful guide of these expert insights, these unique launch ideas. So you can go grab them at dannypage.com slash expert insights. Yes, easy enough. Yeah, it was super fun to be a part of the guide and definitely in and amongst some of the greats um, as well. So yeah, go and check out that expert insights guide. And then where else can people find you if they're just like, hi, I just want to come share that you I enjoyed your interview or you know, where can people really dive into your juicy brain if you have a blog or website, where do you want people to connect with you? For sure. So yeah, you can check me out on my website at dannypage.com. So that's D-A-N-I-P-A-I-G-E. And definitely come hit me up on Instagram. I would love to chat there as well. It's dannypage.online. Easy enough. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for being on the podcast. I know people are going to get a ton of goodness in this episode. So thanks again. Thank you, Jordan. That was so much fun. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.